0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the m M&M Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex Metzger. Along with me is my co-host, Chase McCallum. Um, today, we are going over the Stanley Cup playoff preview. Super exciting episode. This is honestly maybe one of my favorite episodes to do in the year, including and my favorite time of the hockey calendar. Um, the first round of the playoffs is always just absolutely chaos, and I am uh, very much so looking forward to it. It starts tomorrow night. Uh, So probably today when you're listening to this, I'll probably be posting this Monday. Um, But yeah, uh, coming internationally from you this time, I'm still in Canada, but Chase is uh, on vacation. So uh, fingers crossed that we don't have any actual recording errors here. But um, Chase, what side do you want to start here, east or west? Let's go east. All right, let's start with the east. Um, We'll go to the 1-8 and seed then to start. And obviously that would be the Florida Panthers playing the Washington Capitals in round one, Uh, Florida, unreal year. Like I I think people thought they were going to be good heading into the year. I'm not sure how many people had them winning the president's trophy good.
1: Yeah. I don't think anybody should saw that coming. And uh, I think something we talked about going into the year was they got career years out of a ton of dudes last year they just did it again.
0: Yeah. And it was like a lot of different people too. Like, Claire stepped it up to another level this year. Uh, Mason Marchman like
1: one of the yeah. best players in the league.
0: Like they just kind of made anyone they picked up it seems like good which I mean probably should say something about their system and and maybe also their scouting staff that they can identify players that they feel they can get more out of but like like even a guy Brandon Montour has worked way better with them than I ever would have thought
1: yeah than he has any business being
0: yeah so um uh, obviously on one side we're going to probably just go through forwards defense uh, goalies and and see how they kind of match up against each other here but, um you know on, on one side they have them and then on the other side uh you know obviously there is the washington capitals who uh are no no strangers to the playoffs that's for sure i i can't even remember last year they missed to be honest i bet you it's gonna so be missed
1: when Oh, we got Dale
0: Hunter. I think so. what that would have been what? 08? Uh, I think it was
1: 2012.
0: 2012 record. Um, if I remember would... correct. Mhm. In 20, oh wait, no, I don't know why they're showing me 21 22 again. Thanks Google. Um, yeah, like they I'll, I'll try and find it if I can. Uh, someone's just screaming at their podcast spot or at their phone right now probably um but then, yeah like if that would be the last time because they definitely didn't miss past that they have been perennial cup favorites for uh i mean obviously not the past couple of years but for a good chunk of a decade there and that come uh came through with them winning one in 2018 uh this is gonna be an interesting matchup. I. I the the capitals for a while looked like they were very 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 clearly the eighth best team in the east eastern conference yep. and i still think that's the case but their late season push at least made it look less that way like they they did enough to me to at least catch the other guys that are kind of kind of close to them where i would still say they're the eighth best team in this conference but not by a significant amount like it kind of looked like maybe two months ago.
1: Yeah, they look like they could at least be closing in on the Pittsburgh-ish tier of teams, where they look like they got their own tier as ter- in terms of just being bad for most of the season, as far as playoff team goes, that is, in the East.
0: Yeah, like they were in their own tier of not New York, Buffalo, or Detroit bad, but also very clearly not any of the other top six or seven teams really. And um,
1: again, the only team in the playoffs that wouldn't have been like slam dunk third best team in the West.
0: Yes, exactly. Right. And and so I don't know, like, I, this will be an interesting one because obviously I think one thing that has been brought up with uh, the Panthers this year has been their lack of playoff success. Um, It's, very fair to say you know like they haven't made it on the first round since in years uh they i don't know if they've won a series since they went to the finals in 99 to be honest now that i'm just saying this out loud um if they have all the voodoo stuff that applies to them yeah exactly and like the only difference is they've just been for a long stretch they were just bad enough that they didn't have expectations to win around the anyways right like There'd be times yeah. where they'd sneak in, but be like, ah, like, I don't know, that's 50-50, maybe even a little less than that.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> you know, the only thing they were, they can't, you can't choke in the playoffs if you never make it.
0: Exactly. So that this is, uh, this is going to flip this time for them. And, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see if uh, that affects anything. I would probably tend to say it wouldn't. Like, I, I don't think the reason they lose this series is because they're inexperienced or whatever
1: yeah I, I would be really skeptical of that it's, i don't really buy many of the curse arguments
0: yeah especially because that's like that. the narrative you're pushing it's like well they literally went out at the deadline and picked up plunge and who and who's been to like a stanley cup finals and won on multiple other rounds and they have joe thornton on their team which maybe some people would argue against uh, uh winning but obviously thornton's won his fair share of rounds as well
1: yeah he's been there at least
0: so um, yeah, I, this, this Florida team is so stacked up front. It's going to be really interesting to see how Washington tries to slow them down. I think if you're the capitals, you obviously can't get into a track meet with this team. It's got to be, you got to just control, control the neutral zone. Don't let them, don't let them do too much offensively and just strike when you get a chance because I think if you try and play run and gun with these guys, they will beat you.
1: Yeah. Well, exactly. Washington's going to get killed. Like they don't have the defensive horses to do
0: this. Yeah, I would tend to agree. Um, like I don't want to write any team out because this is the playoffs, but uh, like to me, this has got to be one of the one of the bigger mismatches of the first round for sure.
1: Yeah, I think it's the second biggest uh mismatch.
0: From, um, I know Tom's model, did you see? We'll get to the abs eventually, but my god, yeah. did you see that? That was incredible. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so it's, uh, I'm just trying to pull that up right here actually, but um, yeah, I mean, I I think rightfully so that any team that's playing a 122 point President's Trophy winner is uh, clearly going to, you know, be the underdog and uh, the other thing I want to point out was because I don't think we actually talked about on the podcast and enough people have pointed out, this is the first time that all eight teams in a conference have over 100 points, which I think really goes to show just how bad the bottom of the East was this year.
1: Yeah, it was just atrocious,
0: and I apologize for everyone. Jeez, anyone listening, I've had uh, quite the weekend, and my voice is gone. So I'm trying to trying to make it not too bad, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a tough task for task for Washington, especially because I think the one thing you can be rightfully worried about if you're Florida, like if, if we're looking at the matchups here. I think for a lot of teams, you can maybe say, well, goaltending Florida's really been boom or bust. It feels like with Bobrovsky, right? Like we've seen Bobrovsky turn it on and be almost peak Bobrovsky for a couple of weeks. And then he just kind of plays like an 80 goalie for a couple of games as well. But I don't really trust Vanachek or Samson enough to do that much. Like I don't have a ton of faith in them to like steal a series either.
1: No, absolutely not. There's pretty much no reason to have, like I, I don't know what Washington does t- for this to, like, again. Yeah, like, like a- anyone well, can get bullied, but like,
0: <laughs> I was to say, it seems like kind of a cop out because it's like, of course, any team who's, uh, um, just doesn't get goaltending, of course, they're not going to win, right? Yep. Like, but like that really, sadly, kind of feels like that's going to be their best options. They just have to hope that their shooting talent takes over and Ovechkin backstrom who's nets off score on like 25% of their shots and Bobrovsky just can't stop a beach ball.
1: Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. And like, maybe they could rely on their power play.
0: That was the other thing I was going to bring up is I I think if there's one thing Florida will probably want to do, it's try and stay out of the box, which is good for them. I was going to say, yeah, like, Obviously something that everyone is going to try and do, but uh I would say it's also easier, obviously, to do in the playoffs. Um Don, I'm just looking at Don Lachizion has this at 84% for uh, the Panthers, 16 for the uh um Capitals. Uh Jeez. yeah, like that's a, that's a last year. Pretty heavy matchup, eh? Like um and again, like I don't know, I don't want to just completely shit on the the Washington team here, but like their decor like i like john carlson orlov they're both like they have a bunch of fine guys but so do the panthers and then and then that even the panthers without like the decor is okay it's nothing special but neither is this washington one really
1: yeah exactly like any weakness um you could possibly say the panthers have applies to washington too
0: yeah and like I don't know, at this point, I think I'm more inclined to almost give, I mean, obviously we haven't seen him do it in matchups, game to game, but like the Panthers coach at this point, like, I don't know, I don't, is Peter Laviolette, like that's who the Washington coach is, obviously, is he like some tactical master? I don't, I don't think so. No, I wouldn't say so. And like with just how aggressively they've got, how good Florida has been getting value out of players. Like I would almost lean towards if I had to choose a team that I think is going to have a good power play, it it would be a a good matchup and change their matchups around. It'd be them.
1: A hundred percent. And even like Washington's power play has been feared for years. Uh, Who on Washington is like outskating Florida enough to drive the penalty differential for them in the series
0: yeah and even this year, Washington ended the tenth worst power play by percentage.
1: yeah, it wasn't that good which why would power play percentage up league wide?
0: Yeah, they were at eighteen point seven five uh Florida was fifth at twenty four percent. so it's it's gonna be a heavy one. this is this is going be like I, I there's gonna be somewhere obviously every every series is going to have the caveat if the goalie doesn't play good, Team X is going to lose. This yep. is one though we're like, Honestly, your best shot of winning, I think, if you're Washington, is just Bob needs to be a pumpkin and either Samsonov or Banachek probably have to be better than just okay, to
1: be honest. Yeah, like it's basically just hope we get lucky.
0: Yeah, like basically, which I don't know. I don't want to. I don't like it, just feels like a combo, but honestly, like that's just kind of. What it is at this point, I think.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's pretty much all there is to. This. Like that, I don't really see a realistic way in which they go just skate them into the ground for multiple
0: games. No, like I, I don't either. And obviously, anything can happen. But like if you're, because then we get to this forward core too, and it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, like Ovechkin's good. Backstrom, Kuznetsov had a bit of a like a renaissance season this year, I would say. At least he. I have in checked like recently started out super hot. Um, and like controlling play as well. But like this Florida team is so deep up front. Like they can run four legitimately really good lines. And I just don't see how Washington stops that.
1: No, not even clicked. Like they can't go best on best. They can't, they can't really do anything. To be honest, like I don't think I could tell you what the best coach on planet Earth would do uh, with this roster to give them an edge.
0: Yeah. And again, like this is going to sound harsh, but it's like I feel better knowing that stats back us up like 84 percent might be one of the highest win totals I've ever seen in terms of a projection for an entire series like that.
1: Yeah, I think it's slightly higher than Leafs Habs, which was one of the highest I had ever seen last year.
0: Yeah. And so I, I don't think I just think it's going to be one of those things where this is definitely one of the more least interesting series, I would say, uh, in terms of the first round. I think it'll still be good. Like, I, it's not like it's not like Washington is Buffalo or something like that, right? Like, I do think there's going to be a couple, well, game or two where they're probably going to take them by surprise. And (laughs) I was so confused. I was looking, I went on the Daily Face up here because I wanted to see if I could read off the uh, Florida lines, And they have the roster that they were uh, playing in Montreal, which is a ghost roster here because it doesn't have Giroux. It doesn't have Markov. It didn't have Huberto. So there was no one playing. I was so confused. Like this is uh, quite the thing. But um, yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where I do think that Washington... Like, they're just going to hide. They're going to have to play insanely well defensively is basically, I think, the way they have any chance in the series, right?
1: Yeah, and um, I don't really see how they do that.
0: Yeah, I don't either, especially not for four to seven games.
1: No, no, yeah, for, like, one game or whatever, anything's possible. But, like, Washington is – even in their prime, they weren't really a good defensive team. <laughs> Never mind now.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to take uh, the, the Panthers in five here, I think.
1: I picked this one as a sweep in my bracket.
0: Okay. I am on the thing right now, and I don't even know how to pick the games, which is – I love this site. The NHL is so good. Um, <laughs> all right, the, the next one, Toronto Maple Leafs, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, oh, God. Oh, Yeah. This, this, I'm, I'm so excited for this matchup, to be honest, like this This, is, uh, this should be the best series of
1: the first round.
0: I think so. I think Minnesota St. Louis will be pretty good too. And Carolina Boston.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. And Carolina Boston,
0: especially. But I think this one, like this one is just, it's got the most skill, I think, between two teams, obviously. Like,
1: yeah, the most skill and evenly matched skill too.
0: Yeah, well, like they, you know, we talked about the bad thing for Washington is any weakness, if or any weakness Florida has, Washington has as well. That's kind of the same, but like, turn around, like any strength for both of these teams is almost a strength for the other one. Aside from goaltending, I would say.
1: Yeah, like pretty much, oh, like the. Yeah, yeah, they're slightly different, but their overall profiles are
0: pretty
1: much the exact same.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, you know, obviously, if you're looking at net, I would much rather Vasilevsky. Um, but Campbell played last year and was fine, but like he wasn't the reason that they lost that half series, but you I do higher think,
1: save percentage than price.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I do think they're going to need him to steal a game or two. I'm going to say a game, a singular game. Um, and, and by that, I just kind of mean like, like, I think to push them over the edge, there's just going to have to be one game where it's like. They don't have to get completely outplayed or anything like that, but you have to look back and be like, yeah, Campbell made four or five, pretty massive stops. And that's why we won this one.
1: Yeah. Do you remember, um, do you remember the old, I think it was caps pens and Ovi was just going to town for like five minutes on the power play just teeing them up for one timers and Matt Murray. I think it was Flurry, might've still been at this point was just saving like cross crease one timers over and over and over again. Yes. Yeah. Campbell's gonna have to do that to Kucherov at least once.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And again, that's that's the perfect example because it's like he doesn't need to be just like a nine ninety goalie for sixty minutes necessarily, but there's gonna be once or twice in this series where yeah, it's like Tampa's putting on the pressure for five to ten minutes, and he needs to be the difference maker. Like it's got to be him, and uh you know that's you know Vasilevsky will do that on the other side a couple times throughout the series.
1: Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And,
0: So, um, you know, and and then you look, you you go through the lineup. And I do think that one of the places it might be possible for the Leafs to take advantage of uh, Tampa here is uh, how Tampa seems to deploy their defense pairings. Ryan McDonough and Eric Cernak are the shutdown guys, usually for Tampa. I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. Like, I think Matthews versus McDonough, that feels like a dream matchup for Matthews.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's a good thing at all. Honestly, the Leafs' biggest edge in this series is probably going to be best on best because that's the way they play it.
0: Yeah, I I, I totally agree. Like, it's... Like, if
1: you view McDonough, Cernak as your guys to go best on best with, uh, I assume they'll play the Sorelli line, but maybe they play somebody else. Like, the Leafs have a massive advantage there relative to like the Kucherov line against the Angbaugh line.
0: Yeah, for, like for sure. It's, and it's funny too, because obviously last year, like to shutting down that Matthews Martner pairing was the biggest downfall for this team in games five, six, and seven. And we talked about it at length, whether it's completely shutting them down or just bad luck as well, but that can't happen this year. But I, nope. I, I like. I think if you're trying to line match McDonough on the, the Matthews line the entire time, I I would be pretty happy with that if I was a Toronto fan.
1: Yeah, I think Matthews can make his own luck at some point if that's the uh, if that's the matchup. Like, he,
0: yeah, I, I think the bigger thing for Toronto, and again, I say that, but also, I don't know. Like, I, I say that because. I just, I feel like Matthews and Varner were so good this year. There's just, I just can't see them being as quiet as they were last year. I just can't see it. I I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe they do get the best of best and that Kucherov line just kind of neutralizes them to where they're both fine and you don't have a super advantage one way or the other, but that's where the biggest thing for me is going to see what they do with the second and third lines. Because I'm going to be really curious to see how quickly, if they start Nylander and Tavares together, how quickly they split that up. Because they've been doing that over the past couple of weeks to try and get Nylander going a little more. And Tavares sometimes too.
1: Yeah. And I think part of it is they've just been like exploring. So it'll be Mm -hmm. interesting to see if and when, because you know it's seven games, like it's going to split up at some point, what they go to.
0: Yes, I, I... I agree. Like it's, um, and because one, I think one of the things that Keith got fairly criticized for last year was he just refused to change his lines when it wasn't working. Yep. And I think this year, you know, we saw them explore over the last two weeks or so and injuries kind of forced them to do that a little bit anyways. But I think this year it's pretty clear that if a couple periods in, something's not working, these lines are not staying the same.
1: Yep. Yeah. I would have to imagine they're exploring.
0: And, I would feel okay about that as a Leafs fan, too, because we've seen Lander drive his own line.
1: Especially in – he's the one guy we've seen do it in the playoffs. I yeah, believe last uh, year, court.
0: he was amazing in the playoffs last year with the – who was he playing with, Kerfoot and uh, – was it Spets? No, it wasn't Spets. He was not a high up. It was Kerfoot and Center, and then – Oh, God, who was it? Was it Mikheyev? Maybe it was Mikheyev on the left wing. I think that's right. but. Um,
1: Kerfoot was on the left. Was it
0: not? I thought Kerfoot played center, but I could be wrong.
1: Oh, maybe he did center that line. I know Nylander centered at one point, but that was near the end.
0: Yeah, um, but either way, like, we've seen Nylander do it, and Nylander on a third line, um, especially you don't have to use them as a third line in terms of, like, you you can give your top guys a break a little bit here and there because you know that line will go out and be okay. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of a matchup you might want to explore for Toronto. Like, obviously, it's going to be the best on best up top. You're going to have the Kucherov and uh, Point line probably up top. And then Stamkos, I would assume, is probably going to go head to head with Tavares. I would guess.
1: Something like that would make sense.
0: Four of Kucherov, Stamkos, Point, and Sorelli will be going against four or three or four of Tavares, Matthews, Mark. So then from there, it depends if you want to add Nylander into that mix to help Tavares' line out, or do you want to try and put uh, Nylander down and see if he can't play, you know, beat Brandon Hagel and Nick Paul, uh, you know, like, or whatever.
1: Yeah, so you can just absolutely beat up on the uh, the lower lines.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, that would be an interesting thing to watch for this because I do think that uh, if you're Toronto – the biggest difference or not even the biggest difference, but you just, you need all of your guys that you're paying big money to the stars and scrubs approach. It's obviously a different one that we've seen at times from other teams, but it's only going to work. If the guys you pay like stars perform like stars.
1: Yeah. I don't even know if they're stars and scrubs relative to Tampa though.
0: I would like, I would agree. I mean, it's this like, they're both similar.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, they're they're very similarly built teams, in my opinion, which makes sense uh, if you look at the general roster construction and ignore the rings on Kucherov's finger or whatever. Uh, but, we, yeah, because, like, even the, the Leafs, like, penalty kills, but better. Like,
0: Yeah, I actually, just mean more stars and scrubs in terms of how they're paying their players. Like, Tampa has four or five guys in that three to five million range. The only yeah. one who makes like Nylander makes obviously just under seven, but I'm counting in a seven. Kerfoot is the only one who makes above 1.6 on the forward group, between yeah. anything between 1.6 and 7. So that's a, that's more what I mean with the stars and scrubs. Uh, it's not, but like they're getting the way they're doing it is effective because they're getting insane value out of guys like Michael Bunting, you know, and even Pierre Enval has been amazing this year. David Camp has been really good, so it, it's yep. just one of those K. things yep. where it's like Yeah, exactly. But like Ilya Mikheyev and Michael Bunting can't be the heroes of an entire series.
1: No, no, probably not. And I have to imagine like if he does play when Bunting go or when Matthews goes, Bunting goes kind of thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. For sure. And like, obviously, like the third or fourth line can score a massive goal in overtime or whatever. But it's like the main reason you're in overtime or the series is close has to be because of the big guys up for Toronto, which. It just hasn't been that way in the past.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they they need a power play. They need a functioning
0: power mm-hmm. play. And, and that was, I, I think it was just an overdrive. That was a good point that I think it was Mike Johnson brought up was, it's crazy how, like, I think, like I always forget just how bad that power play was last year. If they score one power play goal, they're in the second round. Did they? I don't think Why they did. Do? Yeah. They really won, maybe they were really like one for 15 or something like that, but. They just, I don't just, they, think didn't, I they just did nothing. And, and it was and it wasn't like that for just seven games either. It was like that all the way through the back half of last year. Now this year's been way different. Tampa? No, Toronto. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, back half of the years in regular season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Last year. Last season. Yeah. Um, this year they've been unreal. They've been at almost 28% on the power play. Yeah, they
1: they have the Best power play of the analytics era this
0: year. Yeah, like so and obviously like you mauling games. we're I wouldn't expect they're gonna get six chances in a game or whatever, but if you get two or three power plays in a game, you better keep that one. And you know, scoring one every third time basically is you know fourth the, right in between there. Like if you're averaging three to four power plays a game, you better be scoring power play goal because they didn't do that last year. And I have I again, it's something I have more faith. In them doing this year, oddly enough.
1: Yeah, because because the power play just looks completely different, right? Like, like you said last year in the back half, they sucked. Whereas this year, they've just been running teams over.
0: Yeah, and like again last year, like they failed to make any adjustments. Like there was the whole beef about like Minor didn't want to play a certain position or whatever, and like <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to come
1: off the half wall.
0: Yeah, exactly. But this year, it seems like they're moving around and they'll play wherever they've had a different. And it's not like their power play has been the same five guys all year because Matthew's missed a bunch of time and not a bunch, but missed games here and there throughout the year. Right. So. Yeah, they've, yeah exactly. They've it's other think,
1: yeah. It's weird to think about like the Leafs having a oh, special teams advantage in a series against Tampa, but I think they do.
0: Uh, I would think so. Like on, a, and, and you can't take the history away from that. I do get that again. I think it's, maybe a little overstated but it is it's still objectively funny how bad the leafs have been in the playoffs but like if you put just replace toronto maple leafs with random generated team name here the leafs would be probably thought of as way more favored to go on a run this year right like i
1: have yet to see a single model favorite Tampa.
0: No, I know, but I I mean more yeah, yeah exactly right. That's but what like, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. wouldn't look at that exactly, but like the public perception probably still has uh, you know people are like well and and to be fair like Tampa is the back to back Stanley Cup champions and and I will fully get behind that there is probably something to them thinking ah we've been here done this kind of before we don't uh, we don't need to stress too too much about it but like we'll we'll get going but at the same time like this Toronto team is really good. It's just because of how much we've talked about them for a couple of years now. And again, rightfully so that they're probably not even getting enough. I don't know if credit's
1: the right word, but. They're break even basically uh, per pinnacle to win. And like I said, like every model that's just purely how good are these guys at scoring more goals than they allow has them somewhere between like a 58 and a 65% chance to win
0: yeah exactly like dom's at 62 right now
1: yeah exactly and dom's dom's beat markets for years right
0: yeah 100 so yeah it's, it's weird it's gonna be interesting
1: do you vote or do you uh do you predict with your head or your your heart or your gut kind of thing because you get yeah. one. this is the one series you have wildly different outcomes
0: exactly and like i'm literally as we're doing as we're talking about this i'm I'm making my bracket and i've swapped as we're talking i've swapped teams who i have coming out of this three times yeah like i believe that because part of me wants to go like this toronto team is due to break out i think they've done smart things just about every off season in terms of how they've adjusted their team not everything's been smart right like i think last year the whole like felino stuff was crazy but this year i think they've adjusted really well and like giordano has been an amazing pickup for them uh, i like the depth they added in like colin blackwell blackwell like i like the team but i and then the other part of me goes well how many years in a row have i gone this is the year toronto does something and every year i'm just like i well disappoints around i get it wrong
1: yep yeah it's it's like
0: <laughs> yeah
1: it's scary because they just to get good- possibly hurt again kind of thing
0: yeah exactly so it's i don't know and then obviously we got to talk we should talk about uh, you know um it from tampa side um again again as i said i think if you're a tampa fan you know it should be a little worrying that you know you're this big of an underdog by purely a model standpoint but um there's no reason not to have confidence in a team that's won back-to-back stanley cups and the vast amount of their cores to play
1: yeah, exactly. It's almost like even though people hate – or people outside of Toronto tend to hate focusing on Toronto, but they're way more interesting to focus on in this series because Tampa's just kind of pample. Hey, but they're good. They've won two cops.
0: Yeah, you know what Tampa's going to be. They're going to be uh, just defensively responsible. They have a good goalie who can steal games when needed and will probably just throw up like a 920 or whatever, and then if it's an elimination game, post a shutout. Yeah. Um, and they have one amazing defenseman and a couple other guys that just kind of fit the system and do what they need to do. I mean, like, Serge, I like Sergeyev as well. And even, I don't know, I think Sarnak gets put in a pretty tough spot um, in terms of being a quote-unquote shut-down defenseman. But he's done pretty good at that, like, this year anyways. Um yeah, and even lastly. Like, he's a pretty – like, Cernak's a pretty good defensive defenseman. Um, yep. But, yeah, like, you, you just kind of know what the Tampa Bay Lightning are. Like, Victor Hedman is going to go out and play 28 minutes a night and be dominant the entire time while he does it because that's yep. what he does.
1: Yeah, because he's Victor Hedman. Kucherov's yep. going to get, I don't know, three power play goals off one dimers from his spot. <laughs> like.
0: Yeah, Braden Point's going to do something amazing, you know, and be a pain in the ass to try and uh, work against on, uh, on the other wing. Like, it, it's – they're a good team. They're a very good team. So, you know, as much as um, as much as I know, the models favor Toronto, and I do think if you're betting money on this, Toronto would be the smart bet. Uh, you can't count out Tampa. Like I have this going seven either way.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you were if you were to bet Tampa, I you got to have some information. I don't because the series prices are going to imply that these are two equally matched teams when the Leafs have been. Ah, uh, better at five-on-five five this year, better on the power play this year, and better on the penalty kill this year. Uh, but it is Tampa, so like it's obviously not worth counting them out. Um, I think any prediction should probably have this series going like seven.
0: Yeah, I think if you're betting Tampa, the only way you could really sell me on it is if you're just very scared of Toronto's goaltending.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's fair.
0: I think that is obviously the biggest mismatch, maybe either way in the series. Um, and even like if Campbell was healthy and was staying healthy this year, I'd maybe have less like concerns about it. But I mean, he's been, he hasn't been bad since coming back from injury. He hasn't been near as good as he was to start the year. Obviously, not near as bad as he was from like, was it January to March, basically?
1: Yeah, it was pretty
0: healthy. <laughs> the, the way they, yeah, exactly. And, But the way they've, like, babied him isn't the right word, but load management has been pretty aggressive with Jack Campbell. Maybe they're just doing it to be precautious, and, and, you know, it's going to pay off that he can go every other day and be a solid goaltender for the men's playoff series. But if he's not at 100%, that would be the one thing where I see just hammering an edge for uh, Tampa Bay.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That is definitely the the biggest mismatch in terms of Tampa, which uh, you're paying your goalie almost $10 million. It should be.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like it's uh it's one of those things that's just kind of a given, you know that you I to any reasonable degree that like you can have a confidence single league over four or five games, you know Vasileski's probably gonna show up and be good. Yep. So he's uh, as good as bad as anybody. All right, who do you have here?
1: I have Leafs in Seven. Famous last words.
0: I think I'm going to go, t- I'll go Tampa in seven. Yeah,
1: that's
0: fair. I think I might put on my official bracket, I might put Toronto. I'm still not sold on this, but for the podcast sake, I'll go Tampa just so we have some disagreement. I I really could, like, this is, to me, I know the model states a little more aggressive. To me, this is a coin flip. Like, I, I think this really could go either way and I would not be surprised at all. Yeah,
1: yeah, unless one team gets killed.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, like if John Tavares goes down and Matthews hurts his hand or something, then say like if Kucherov goes down and Vasilevsky goes down and Brian Elliott has to come in, it's like, okay, well, duh. Yeah. But, so, um, all right, let's uh, let's move on then. All right. Uh, So our third series that uh, is in the eastern side, uh, Carolina and Boston. Uh, Again, this one, I'm really looking forward to this one. I, I think this one should be, very very exciting um this this will be a fantastic series i would think i i'm curious to see you know obviously the talk was for a while this year was oh you know boston looks like they're clearly the fourth best team in their division and then the underlying stats kind of started to show that probably wasn't true and then the record really started to show no actually boston is very very good um the biggest thing I am unsure about right now is has to be the health of Frederick Anderson.
1: Yep. Like, cause that's a great equal, right? Like goaltending was the, could be the huge edge.
0: Given how well he played this year. Yeah. 100%. And like, I obviously Anderson in the playoffs, you know, with a certain team hasn't had the greatest track record, but at the same time, like if you are relying on Anti Ranta, who also went down hurt, so you might be relying on like a third string goalie, man, you're not making that out of this series.
1: Yeah, you're gonna get you gonna get killed at that point. One hundred Bostons. Too good to get away with something like that. And also, the Leafs are taking so much shit. People are just artificially knocking off 10 points of uh, like percentage for them against Tampa, maybe more, depending on where you ask. The big reason they lost multiple series was Frederick Anderson.
0: Yeah, yeah like he was trash in some of those Game 7s. And now he's
1: the most important player on the Carolina Hurricanes.
0: It's, uh, that's a scary way to put it. I will say, like, ranta is obviously a downgrade but if he can stay healthy i think i'm more comfortable with ranta than some might be but yeah frederick anderson was amazing this regular season like yeah and wait like ranta kind of close to yeah exactly but um you know I, I think Ranta can play at a solid level for a couple of games and and then on the other side will be interesting because uh Swayman and Allmark have really split the crease uh, this year. Uh, so I'm gonna be just curious to see A, who starts, and B, how big of a leash do they have with Cassidy here? I assume not much, right?
1: Whoever it is, it'll probably be it, Swayman. But...
0: It can't be much, I think. Like you gotta, it's it's a tough like line to balance because you need it to be enough where like the goalie has to have confidence. Like you can't be. What Robin Leonard and the Golden Knights were doing at the end of this year, were one goal and he was getting pulled. But <laughs> true,
1: they
0: played, played exactly the... forty-one games this year. That's cool. Leonard or Swayman? Oh, Olmark and Swayman. Oh, okay. They they both they split. You know, that is cool. Um, yeah, like it, it can't be a scenario where you know you're getting uh, pulled after a goal. But yeah, like if you. I I think it'll probably be in-game they might have a bigger leash, but like if Swayman lets up four or five in both the first two games or whatever, it's all Mark game three. Yep. Oh the question at that point. Especially if they lose both games. If they maybe if they win five four and lose four-one or something like that, then maybe it's a different question, but Yeah, I could see something like that. The um The other big thing I really am going to be curious to keep an eye on is just how this uh, Bruins defense core and and maybe I should say team defense tries to shut down a very potent Carolina attack. Um, Boston is like one of the best defensive teams there are and, you know, like that's their strength and they are very, very, very good at it. So I'm going to be interested to see, you know, both kind of both ways, like how they shut down Carolina, but what Carolina does to try and give them some problems in their own end
1: yeah 100 percent. it's kind of funny too because like Carolina's big like dump and chase huge for check team given it's only funny because they are famous for being an analytics team because of tulsky uh and all tulsky's public research that got him hired was like hey controlled zone entries are like the key to heaven basically and now they're this like really heavy pure forecheck team but i'm wondering if carolina could almost try to do a boston what boston used to do toronto where it's like we're just shutting down the best defenseman on the ice for you and attacking the living hell out of his side of the ice and if you're going to beat us you're going to beat us with your second best defenseman on the ice at all times and we're happy with that
0: yeah like if if matt grislich and Derek forbert break that mike riley break the puck i guess a left-handed as well But if those guys break the puck out and you just neutralize Charlie McAvoy, like...
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, we're not letting McAvoy and then, I assume, Riley, when he's on the ice, beat us. Like, it has to be Brendan Carlo breaking the puck out to your forwards. Good luck. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, like, I I think that is a smart game plan because we saw... And I don't think this Boston decor is quite as um, aggressive as some of those Toronto ones were in which, like the guys who played was it the right side just could not move the puck under some of those <laughs> teams. Yeah. Not even close. Like Roman Polak and Martin Morinson just trying to flick the puck off the glass. It was just, What are we watching? But um, there is still like a, like if you can get in on guys like Grizzly, Forbes or uh, Forbert, Carlo, you might be able to cause some trouble, uh, especially compared to, you know, McAvoy, Mike Riley, Lynn Holmes, a pretty good puck mover as well. Um, you know, if, if Josh Brown, like, if you can force it, I think uh, Brown and uh, Riley were pairing for a little while there. If you can force Josh Brown to move the puck, you are going to have a lot more success turning it over versus, you know, Mike Riley or Charlie Crackleboy or whatever.
1: Yeah, 100%. Basically, if you, if you can remove the better player on the ice for any of these Bruins decor, like, you're really happy because a lot of a lot of their decor value is concentrated in, like, just McAvoy <laughs> almost, mm-hmm. and then yeah. Lindholm and Riley after that.
0: Yeah, and the other thing too, like I, um, I really wonder. I think this series might be won or lost for Carolina with the depth of their forwards. Um, yeah, like because I, Boston's so I, scary because of Bergeron. The, yeah, the, their top line is terrifying. So, like, if I, I would assume Carolina's going to throw everything they can to just try and neutralize that. And then you're desperately going to need, like, Spetschnikov to just be going off against Taylor Hall, uh, not that crazy, uh, Coil.
1: Yeah, you need to kill them with your death because it's it's just so unfair with Bergeron. Like, dude ran at 70% XG this year like with his line like they're going to be able to just magic erase one of the carolina lines and i don't know if carolina has enough depth scoring to make up for that like are you really counting on the expression great or whatever but do you really want like seth jarvis to be do you have that much faith in guys like him
0: um yes and no like, I don't think it's a slam dunk they take it over, but I would also, like, I don't have any faith in Boston's depth. Uh, no. I would score, like, just just go on a heater either, right? Like, I have more faith in Seth J- Jarvis than I do Trent Frederick or Curtis LeBlanc. Yeah, that's fair. Don't forget about Nick Foligno. Yeah, exactly, right? Um, so it's m- almost less about how great Carolina's depth is and more about... I just don't think Boston's is particularly special either. Like, they're fine. they play, Their depth plays a good team defense game. But, again, I think if Carolina can get in a bit of a run-and-gun situation where all four lines are going north, uh, north-south, like, I think that might give Boston some issues further down the line.
1: Oh, if they could get it going to run-and-gun, that's best-case scenario for them because Boston's whole shtick, even their top line, is like, we're just going to suffocate you.
0: Yeah, 100%. Like, they, Boston has been built on just solid, good team defense. That's how you build this out. And you basically just kind of try and disrupt that, get them moving a little more and get them in a bit of a shootout. And I doubt, it, like, that's a lot easier said than done, obviously.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because, like, it's tough to beat Patrice Bergeron. Uh, If you could turn it into a track meet, that would probably be the only realistic way to do it. Now, Patrice Bergeron's spent 15 years making sure it has literally never been a track meet when he's on the ice. But that would be probably best case scenario if you're drawing it up.
0: Yeah, 100%. Like, it's just um, that's going to be the key for them. And then, yeah, I... I really don't know what to make the, for the goaltending in this uh, this series. This is one where I could see both goalies just being nine fifteen ish and it doesn't make a huge difference one way or the other. I could see either team struggling, and I could see either team's goalie save, stealing the game or two.
1: Yeah. I wonder if – because both of these teams make life pretty easy on their goalies. This might be kind of an offense starved series.
0: Yeah, I definitely think – I think this will be – like, this to me kind of reminds me of, like, one of those series that, like, every game ends 2-1, 3-2, but there's, like, three or four games that go to overtime, and there's, like, a triple OT game in there.
1: Yeah, exactly, because, like, the Hurricanes are, like, a good XG team. They chronically underperform that number, and Boston is, like, literally the best defensive team uh, (laughs) we've seen in a long time, despite. Every all offensive metrics being up this year,
0: yeah, exactly. So um, I'm not really sure where to go with this one. my my heart says Carolina in seven, but my head says Boston.
1: I have Boston in seven. This is the only series I have an upset in, I think. I'm kind of boring. I rarely pick uh, upsets because I just use what I think is the most likely outcome. And the most likely outcome is almost never an upset. But I st- I actually think that Boston is more likely to win this. I have money on Boston to win this series too.
0: I am so undecided. I'm going to go Caroline on seven, I guess.
1: That's fair. I, think that's- I assume that would be the most likely outcome per, like, markets and stuff.
0: Yeah, my I think – if assuming Frederick Anderson is close to healthy and playing every game, I'll go Carolina or, or that or if Ranta's is, Ranta's is fully healthy and plays every game. I'll go Carolina and seven. If it becomes clear that Frederick Anderson's not ready to go and Ranta's questionable, I think Boston could, this could be like a shocking like sweep or short one of those series that ends up being way shorter than anyone ever expects.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. Like Boston's well, good.
0: Oh, yeah. They're, Boston is a team that will take advantage of anything you give them. They are not uh, not to be pushed over, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, this is actually where I have another upset. Just upset in a technical word if you were looking at seeding um, in the first round. But oh, yeah. New York, Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh's the 3 seed here. New York is the 2 seed, Thanks to a late push. Um, okay. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. So talking to Maybe we
1: backtrack the statement that I just said, but uh, we go on here. This is
0: – man, I don't know. I New York's biggest thing is obviously going to be goaltending in this series. Yep. And How good is <laughs> Literally. And normally I would be like that's a bad reason to be betting on a team. That being said, Sestern this year has been one of the few goals. I feel pretty confident he will at least he will fully steal a game, probably two.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's very so, easy to.
0: Then it just becomes kind like the New York power play, and like, let's let's be honest, this team since the deadline has played a lot better, even underlying numbers than they were pre-deadline. Um, Andrew Kopp has scored everything he's touched for some reason. Uh, I doubt that will continue, but at the same time, he's been clearly much needed depth addition. Like we kind of talked about it all year where it's like the Rangers were just kind of hoping that Lafreniere and Kako and, um, you know, even like Julian Gauthier and maybe not Gauthier, but uh, Cheadle's the other one or Cheadle, uh, you know, they were just kind of hoping a bunch of those guys would really step in to the role and either force the top six guys into like, the really good third liners or be really good third liners themselves. And that hasn't really been the case. Well, actually, so, if you look
1: at just goals per 60 and ignore anything else,
0: Lafreniere is <laughs> almost the first line player. Uh, yes. Yes, he is. Uh, um, but yeah, like, so adding like Andrew Kopp, who's a, like, I think they paid too much for him, but he's a good NHL. Like he's a fine third line player or whatever, right? Like that has yep. helped to just give them, some much-needed depth, right? Um, And then, you know, same on the back end. Like, obviously, Adam Foxy had another good offensively output uh, this year. And then it's a mix of guys like Ryan Lindgren, Jacob Truba. Um, They added Justin Braun. I don't think that's going to do much. Um, It's not like, man, I don't know. Like, this – I want to talk myself into liking the Rangers a little more every time then I look at the roster and I just go – other than goaltending, I don't see a way forward for them this year.
1: Yeah, this is a this is a fun like litmus test for how you weight like recent information, because if you don't put a ton of stock into the final twenty games, and you care more about entire season statistics, the Penguins are like gross favorites in this series. Mm-hmm. But yep. if you really care about how hot a team is coming in. You could even talk yourself into the Rangers being favored.
0: Yeah. well, not, Especially because I don't know, like is the health of Tristan Jari been released yet. Like,
1: I don't know, to be honest,
0: I don't think it, like, I'm pretty sure he's still, it's the last I saw, he's still had a broken foot.
1: Yeah. At which point, like Pittsburgh doesn't exactly have
0: a ton of goaltending depth. No, like are you really asking it was it Casey DeSmith Smith to go in and steal a series or not even steal a series but like if Shasterkin steals two games with the Rangers, you basically have to say to Smith you can't blow another two.
1: Yeah yeah, 100% because like like the Penguins should be should be a decent chunk better than this team at five on five, but there's gonna be penalties you have to deal with that Rangers power play and they are better at five on five than their season long numbers do suggest.
0: Yeah, like I would be a little worried about um, still a couple of those players of the Rangers, the offensively talented ones. Like this, It's not like the Penguins' defense core is loaded or anything like that. Now, we have seen the Penguins win with a very, very, very not loaded defense mm-hmm. core twice. They're really. the kings
1: so, of winning with horrible defense scores.
0: Yeah, so maybe you put a little less faith into that. But we've also seen – I think it's it has to be fair to say that on the flip side, we saw that we saw the Islanders two or three years in a row really take advantage of that sometimes. Like yes. that year where they, the good and jack Johnson pair, oh my god.
1: They got skated out of the building by the Islanders that year. Like that was literally, actually they, painful to watch.
0: Literally, it was just a full-on sweep because they couldn't – Like, and it's not like the Islanders are a super fast team. Right? They just could not keep up with them. Yeah. So, um, you know, like, it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, like I like Brian Dumoulin and Marina's fine, but it'll be interesting. Like they need Michael Matheson to get a breakout years, not the right year, but he was good this year. Much better than what we had saw over the past couple of years. Anyways. Yeah. He was
1: and, like,
0: oddly good. <laughs> yeah. And so he like, kind of needs to continue that and be that player and not, you know, the player that we've seen at times over the past four or five years right so um and then up front it's just going to kind of depend like you know obviously Evan Rodriguez doesn't need to be the top 10 centerman that he was to start the year or whatever but like can guys like Evan Rodriguez Kasperi Kapanen um you know maybe Jason Zucker if he gets bought down like or Jeff Carter one of the two like can those guys do enough for Carter Cale's another name to overwhelm the the Rangers depth which I was, I like that bet. Like,
1: I think that's a pretty safe bet.
0: Especially Oddly because enough, I'll,
1: Penguins have a depth advantage, maybe more than anything else on this
0: series. I think so. Yeah. Like, and especially because I am taking Sidney Crosby's line at five on five over Panera's line all day long. Oh, without question.
1: The only fear is because like New York's big edge in terms of skaters over Pittsburgh this year was uh, on the power play. Um, I'm not betting against a Crosby Malkin power play in the playoffs being the, uh, the thing that
0: holds you back. Yeah. And like, and I'm not like, I don't know. I, I also feel like I I don't want to bet on a, a Rangers power play being so good that it puts you through either. Like when it's almost just that, right? Like, yeah. Now, you know, maybe like if Shesterkin steals two games, Maybe the power play steals another where you get two or three power play goals, but still like I I would be curious to see. Uh, do you have the odds up in front of you? Like what is, what is the series favorite at right now for Pittsburgh? Or well, is it like full well, of well, pinnacle right now? Uh, I had you had them about? Because like this Let's is one see. where it's like I I don't know. I Pittsburgh should probably be pretty have a good favorite i would think they have the
1: they have the rangers favored in essentially a coin flip so pittsburgh's minus 101 rangers are minus 115 so basically like 50 149 rangers
0: wow i would be looking at uh some money on the Rangers or on the 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 penguins there like i I don't know. I, I definitely Jari the health of Jari I is the biggest thing, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Pardon? Yeah, and that is tough. And maybe maybe markets are putting more faith in uh, recent information than I am, and maybe that's like a mental mental leak, but as far as
0: I'm concerned, the penguins are a better team. Yeah, I, I would I would tend to agree. Um I have the penguins at six here. I, yeah,
1: I have the penguins at seven.
0: Yeah, like I said, I think the Rangers will probably get a couple just because I don't think Shesterkin will be horrible for all five or six games or whatever. But I just got to go with the better team. I, I really like Pittsburgh's depth way more than I like the Rangers. And maybe that wouldn't be an issue, but I also like Pittsburgh's top six more than I like the Rangers, or at the very least, just as much.
1: Yeah, exactly. At worst, at five on five, I definitely prefer mm-hmm. Penguins top six. And like I said, like, am I really putting that much of a knock on Crosby and Malkin on
0: the power play? No, like, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> I think in like Latang too, right? Like, it's not like they don't have their pieces there.
1: Yeah. I like, was at five on five was Panarin as good as Brian Russ this year?
0: Panera like really struggled to drive play at 5-on-5. Five five.
1: Yeah. yeah, it turned into a power play margin this year.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, all right, on to the West. Uh, if my math is right. I think we took just under an hour maybe to do that. So we'll probably try and speed up a few of the West here. This is a series I think that we won't talk about too, too much. Uh, Colorado and Nashville. This is a huge mismatch uh, in terms of betting models. Dom had this one at 92% that the the Avalanche win this series. And I can't really disagree.
1: Yeah, Saros is hurt, too. Nashville has, like, two good players. One, thankfully for them, plays the most
0: important position in the sport, but he's hurt. Yeah, exactly. Um, Just by the way, quick, uh, Dom had uh, Pittsburgh at 56%, too. So he's on the other side of the betting markets. But... Yeah. Which about that seems about right in terms of model versus uh, betting market. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like the abs here. So, like, I don't. I thought if Nashville played the Flames, I thought they would have a better chance just because I think their game matches up pretty well against Calgary in particular. I yeah. I'm like totally to Nashville's going to get skated skated on the building here.
1: Yeah, like Nashville's calling card without Soros is they have a really good number one defenseman. Uh, they're playing possibly the only team in the league with someone better this year.
0: Yeah, literally. And then, like, for as good as, like, Matt Duchesne's been this year, he's not Nathan McKinnon, he's not uh, Nico Rantanen, he's not even Gabriel, like Gabriel Lanneskowski. No, is he? Yeah, he's. Maybe he's Gabriel of But, like Nazem Kadri has had an equally as crazy of a season too.
1: Yep. Yeah, I was just gonna say, is he Kadri?
0: Uh, I would be. say it's, what? Yeah, I would say it's fair to probably even because as much as Kadri has struggled the past couple of years too, but like we just got to what like the fourth or fifth most important ass forward to save yeah. the Yeah,
1: and their strength is defense.
0: <laughs> yeah, like it's. Uh, you really have to, A, you have to hope that Saros is good enough to be basically buying 100%, and B, like, you need to, I guess, hope that playing your physical style just for whatever reason makes the Avs kind of rush their puck movement a little more. Like, that's the only way I can really see, like, and even though, like, I just, I don't I don't see that happening, but, like, if you're Nashville, like you can't get into a run and gun with the Avalanche. Nope. I don't really see see how you just play sturdy defense with no offense against the Avalanche.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to look just to come up with something for Nashville. Uh, The only thing in the regular season they had them beat on was their power play. Um, When samples are small, like they are always when dealing with special teams data, bet on the talent, uh, which would suggest to not bet on uh, the Predators there either. Like, it's, there's just nothing.
0: Yeah, and like, the Predators were way more healthy in terms of their main pieces than the Avs were. Yep. Like, it wouldn't shock me if the Avs power play was way lower than it should have been, just or, you know, even a couple percent lower, because McKinnon missed a good amount of time. Landis Cog missed a good amount of time. McCarr was out here and there. Um, I think, we my like, like games, but. were on PDO vendors. Like, his was on a lifetime. PDO vendor. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have this one as a sweep. It's the only sweep I picked in the first round. Um, I if SARS well. is healthy, he, I could definitely see him stealing a game. Yep. Like yeah, the, I would have picked the, him in five. Probably with Saris. Classic game three, game four. SARS just makes like 52 saves or whatever and they win in an overtime or whatever. But uh, yeah, like this is one where. I would just be shocked if Colorado lost. Like, this would be more shocking, way, way more shocking to me than Tampa losing, getting swept against uh, that Columbus team.
1: Yeah, I agree, which is nuts. <laughs> um, maybe, because
0: maybe it would be equally as shocking, I guess. Like, that Tampa team is filthy, but so is this ass
1: yeah. team. Although, it's just a, more of a compliment to Columbus relative to this Nashville team with no sorrows
0: yeah exactly yes yeah no Saras it would definitely be just shocking um, so yeah I have Colorado in four I I could see it going five Saras is the unreal maybe six I just like Kemper would basically have to let it like post an 880 over seven games for them not to win the series I think
1: <laughs> and they could still probably win
0: <laughs> yeah like yeah so um, sorry Nashville but I do National does kind of seem like, to be fair, the team that'll keep it close. Like they're gonna, they're gonna convince themselves they're okay because they lost four, three, one games or whatever. Or like one will get out of yeah. hand and then the others will just be like a two goal game. You're like ah, see, we were right there with them. It's like no, you didn't win a single game. Yeah, a hundred percent. But um, Minnesota St. Louis, here's a matchup that ever a lot of people are hyping up, and I think it'll be a really good one as well. I'm not sure. I don't know, I, how do you, I'm, I'm very interested to see, get your opinion here. How do you feel about St. Louis? Um, yeah, I've seen a lot of hype for this
1: series. The models are aggressively in favor of Minnesota and I am kind of with them. I don't think St. Louis is that good of a team. They were on a historic shoot. They had like the second best shooting percentage of the analytics era behind one of the Tampa teams. They're not that good.
0: Yeah, like, everyone, like, well, the big thing we've talked about is how bad the Rangers' uh, underlying numbers have been. St. Louis is 47% right there with them in 23rd for expected goals. Yep.
1: Like, yeah, exactly. Like, the St. Louis team isn't, isn't good. They shot 17% on the power play.
0: Yeah, like, it's... Uh, I I don't, I don't even know what to say. Like, to be honest, I, it's just... Obviously, that could carry over for a couple games in the playoffs. But the other thing... Too, yeah, yeah. Peter, sorry. Peter continues, obviously. Yeah. But. yeah, exactly, right? But the other thing is that... I, I would have been worried... The one thing I would have been worried about for Minnesota heading into this playoff series was their goaltending. It was just Cam Talbot. I like the fact that they have Mark country yeah. now, too. And they can go either way. Yeah, kind sure of like option. the boss. Yeah, exactly. Like, the Boston scenario where it's like, if you start Flurry and he lets six up in game one or whatever, you can go to Talbot and still, like, you're not going to think Talbot's going to be stealing you the series or anything, but you can feel reasonably confident he's not going to cost you the, the game, right? Like,
1: yeah. I like Minnesota's goaltending a lot more than St. Louis is here.
0: Yeah, like, you, like St. Louis has to basically help Billy Huso is, is as good as he was for those first 15 games or whatever. Yeah. And I don't, like, I, yeah, are they great. starting Husco or Bennington? Probably. That's a good question. I don't know.
1: I would have said Huso is my snap reaction, but I'm not actually sure that's true.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I would start Huso, but I don't know if, the, like, an organization that maybe they feel loyal to Bennington or whatever. I really don't know. Yeah, I'm
1: not sure. Probably Huso though, still.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, like, I just, I, this is a matchup where it's, like, I just kind of think that it's one of those, it's kinda, it reminds me less aggressive, but still similar to the Washington thing, where it's, like, anywhere that you could say, like, St. Louis, or Minnesota's, or, or sorry, yeah, anywhere you can say St. Louis maybe excels, it's, like, well, Minnesota has that better to be honest, like.
1: Yeah, pretty much, like, the.
0: Like for C. Lewis, end, you
1: basically
0: just... you need your high end talent. To really, you need to basically have Ryan O'Reilly going like peak 2019. Ryan O'Reilly completely shut down the um, uh, Kaspersov Kaprasov line, and then like Buchnevich and Saad have to just run over the depth of the other lines.
1: Yeah, and Robert Thomas has to be like who he was in the regular season, which. Either he's a singularly talented on-ice shooting percentage driver like Patrick Kane level, or he's not that guy. Uh, I know yeah. that I'm betting on.
0: Yeah, and like I would say, maybe I I think if there's one place that the the Blues are, they're going to need their forwards to just win the matchup, and that is the only place I would feel a little bit comfortable. But even then, like, like for how good Robert Thomas was, Matthew Boldy was unreal this year too. So. But yep. like that kind of cancels out, at the very least.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, Thomas did over a larger sample, I guess, if we're, if we're really reaching for their edge here. But
0: Yeah, so, and then on the blue line, like, I like Minnesota's blue line way more than I like St. Louis.
1: Oh, that's not even close. The other thing, too, is, like, all St. Louis has been doing is just pure PDO shooting percentage. Um, Minnesota's pretty anti-fragile to that, given they're a fantastic defensive team with two competent goalies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. That's as well-positioned as you could possibly be against a team that's only good thing, is that they finish on a high percentage of their shots in this
0: individual season. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, it's... Uh... <sighs> I... I have this as uh, Minnesota in five. I think I'll hold my
1: bracket, let's see what I had. I had Minnesota in five as well.
0: yeah, like i th- I think St. Louis, their offense, I do think might be able to get they'll they'll steal a game or two. but
1: like yeah, you know, and if their power play steals too, like I might be shocked or whatever.
0: Yeah, but I to me, do you remember it was the Blues Cup run here, actually. It was the first round against Winnipeg, and Winnipeg was coming off that conference final run, and, like, everyone was so high on Winnipeg. Like,
1: really high on Winnipeg. That was the Winnipeg is actually better set for the future than Toronto days. Never forget. and
0: the series went to six, I think, maybe even seven, but it never really felt like St. Louis was in trouble. That's kind of what I could see with Minnesota, this series, where it's like, even if they're in a game six, I probably won't be like, yeah, Minnesota's worrying me here.
1: Mm-hmm. I can see that. Like, they just – they make it look easier than it actually is if you just look at the games or whatever and the scores. Yeah.
0: They, win, they game, win game one and two by a long shot. Maybe they lose game three in overtime. Maybe they even lose game four by, like, a one-goal margin or whatever and then just run them over game five. It's like, yeah, yeah. okay, like – the series is 3-2, but the goal differential in the series is, like, plus 8 for Minnesota.
1: Yeah, I could definitely see that. That would be just some, some more St. Louis lock too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go Minnesota in 5, I think, here. Uh, it, yeah, I just – I don't know. I think it will be a good enough series. Like, I think the games could be entertaining enough, but I just don't really see – St. Louis just outslugging Minnesota, to be honest. No, probably not, unfortunately. Uh, calgary Three. Dallas. Oh, go ahead, sorry. Oh, I
1: should say, I think it would be kind of cool. I, I've enjoyed a couple St. Louis games this year, but uh, it's just not going to happen, or it's very unlikely to happen.
0: Yeah, and I also, like, I just want to see Minnesota win, I think, because I do think, and we'll get to this, in if they both win, obviously, in a round two preview, but... I do think Minnesota and Colorado – like, Minnesota, I think, matches up to Colorado. Not, like, perfectly, because Colorado is very, very good, but better than – way better than St. Louis does, that's for sure. Yeah, because, like, pretty much
1: nobody matches up to Colorado well, but uh, yeah. <laughs> they've definitely but have St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis beat.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, like, Minnesota's got the defensive structure and decor, I think, that could at least give that Colorado forward core some fits. But that's, uh, that's a discussion for another time. Um, Calgary-Dallas, man, I really wish uh, Vegas snuck in here instead of Nashville or Dallas. That would have been so cool, although I like Calgary, so. Yeah, I do. I, I'm excited to see. I have um, one of Calgary or Edmonton making the conference finals, not sure who in my bracket, but I have spoiled alert for my next series, so that means they would play each other in round two. Um, I do like Calgary. I kind of want to see them go on a run here, to be honest.
1: I think that would be sweet, and uh, (laughs) they got a hell of a first-round matchup to do it with.
0: And a pretty good second-round matchup to do it with, too.
1: Like, if you're picking teams that you want to play in the entire playoffs, Nashville's probably one, and then either Dallas or L.A. is probably two.
0: Yeah, I. Washington would be in there, I think, too, probably. Washington would be in there, yeah. And then it would
1: probably be Edmonton after that.
0: Yeah, uh, I think maybe. so. Maybe St. Louis. But, like.
1: Yeah, maybe I St. Louis. But three of those four, what, six worst teams <laughs> are in the. In I
0: was going to say, you, side you, pro- of the you would probably take five Western teams, maybe, over any of the seven. Eastern teams, yeah, yeah, right. just- yeah, and and three of those uh, five Western teams are in the uh, Calgary side of it. Yeah. So, so, um, yeah, I, I, I really, I don't know. People seem to want to like have this Dallas making another revival. I think it's because they they made that run in the bubble that I was like, oh, well, Dallas has done it before. I'm not sold on this Dallas Stars team at all.
1: Dope. No. This, this Dallas Stars team is – they're kind of
0: bad, right? They're, they're just fine. Like, they're like the most they're playoff average – Yeah, yes, yes. They are playoff bad. They're they're Washington of the West to me. Like, they're the 15th best team, 16th best team in the league, which by definition is a playoff team. But, yeah, they're clearly behind anyone else. I, I haven't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I think stats back that up, too. Like, they're 14th in expected goals in the league and 19th in Corsi 4 percentage.
1: And it's not like they're going to out-shooting talent you, anyone. Yeah,
0: exactly, right? Like, they're, I don't know, they've had mixed goaltending. Like, their goaltending's been all right, but are you trusting Jacob Markstrom to steal a series? Or are you trusting, Is it Jake Ottinger, I guess, is probably going to get the start for Dallas? Like, I'll probably take Markstrom there.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're taking Markstrom, and it's probably not even close,
0: yeah, because Hope on LTIR right now, too. Yeah, so I don't know. And again, like I like Jake Ottinger, I think he's had a you know, like he said, a fine season or whatever. Um, you know, throw up a 9 14 in 48 games that's for a 23 year old goalie, that's something you can look forward to. But if we're talking just this matchup, I like, I don't think they have. They'll have the advantage there. That's for damn sure.
1: No, not even, not even close. Especially not if you take into account team defense.
0: Yeah, exactly. So like, like they really need like Jamie Van and Tyler Seguin to kind of kick it back to where they're like four years younger or whatever.
1: Yeah, which <laughs> we haven't really seen at all. Even that year they made the <laughs> run of the Cup Finals. They weren't even that good, were they?
0: They were fine. Second, I think, was – I don't think Ben was great, but it was like Rupe Hintz scoring. Jason Robertson was scoring like crazy. Um, Dennis Garionov, like that's kind of – but I'm, I'm pretty sure was it who was getting healthy scratch? It was one of those three were getting – maybe it was Hintz. Apparently they were like healthy scratching them or something. Maybe it was Garionov. Maybe it was Garionov. It was one of those three for sure. It's just like, what are we even doing here? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Also, Jamie Benn, how old do you think he is?
1: Oh, he's in a data set that I've been working with today. I should know this. Is he 34?
0: 32. Oh. oh. I would have guessed oh. he's like Pavelski's age. With the way they talk about this dude's body breaking down.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he... Like, He's had some hard miles.
0: Yeah, and that's all you ever hear about it. And it's like it's weird too, because he was a fifth round pick. So it's not like he's been in the league since he was eighteen.
1: <laughs> I remember to bring it in the league.
0: Like I, and again, I'm not like trying. Like he was drafted in two thousand seven. He didn't debut until two thousand nine, ten. So I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and again, like I'm not. He has played like, like he's played obviously a very physical style of game. It's just it always shocks me because the narrative all around him is oh yeah this old guy like his body's just breaking down. It's like he's thirty two, which I guess it, like it is all for the age curve, and that's why you got to be careful paying those guys. But it's just like he he gets talked about like he's thirty six. It feels like sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um. I don't. Do you have anything else on this series? Like, I just. They're boring too. The stars are boring. (laughs) Yeah, they they really are. I the only way I think this is an entertaining series is if like it just gets physical and kind of chippy. Yeah. But like, I guess if you're the stars, you just gotta hope that like and Klingberg, and Sutter can just completely shut down the the Flames' offense. Yeah, which – can they? <laughs> um, I, I, I'm sure they could in, like – but the percentage they do it is very, very low, right? Like, yeah, it's exactly. not something I would bet on. No.
1: no. <laughs> That's so, the thing. Like, you always have to bet, oh, anything's possible or whatever. But, like, let's be honest here. I'm not betting on
0: that. No, me either. So, uh, yeah, I have uh, Dallas, or Dallas. I have Calgary in five. I'm debating even changing it to a sweep, to be honest. But <laughs> I'll keep it. i keep it as a five. They're just so mediocre. Like they're just so whatever. Yeah, there's nothing
1: likable about about the stars, really. And the the um, what's it called? The Flames are good everywhere. They have a fantastic coach. They have a fantastic goalie. Like, like there's just yeah, no like- leaks there. And they, they play a quote-unquote playoff style. They're a heavy team and all that shit. Like, there's literally nothing going against Calgary.
0: Yeah, there's no narrative here where it's like Dallas has the edge. And no. Yeah. And, like, I, what pisses me off about Dallas making the playoffs, too, is, like, people are going to view it, especially if they even take, like, Calgary to seven or whatever. I could absolutely see the narrative that they're getting rewarded for not selling Radulov and Klingberg or whatever at the deadline, where it's, like, you should have sold Klingberg, Holtby, B, Radulov, and a haul for those guys. Yeah. And now <laughs> most of them are probably just going to walk or you're going to pay them all.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just such a, it's, it's so loggy too.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, last series, Edmonton, LA. I think this one will be a pretty good one. I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to this one. LA is a sneaky exciting team to, to watch, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm I'm gonna tweet this out in a second. I'm just kind of eyeballing team strengths and using a little playoff calculator. I have, this is like one of the closest series in the first round.
0: Yeah, I think this is like fifty-fifty right down the middle. Like I I have this going to seven. I could easily see either team winning.
1: And yeah, I plugged in I plugged in L.A. as like slightly worse than than Edmonton and home ice gets Edmonton at like 55 for, for me.
0: Yeah. That seems about right. Like,
1: which I'm pretty comfortable with. I just eyeballed that, the team strength. But when that number came out, I was like, yeah, that, uh, that makes a lot of sense to me.
0: Yeah. I mean, like anyone gets that angry, and disagrees. It's like, well, look at the, the points. Let me back that up too. Like Edmonton finished yep. with uh, 104. LA finished with 99. And like, I think LA took the foot off their foot off the gas a little, maybe at the end, but like, it's just yeah, Edmonton's a slightly better team. I think they should be favored, but not by not to the point where it's like if LA wins this game in six or seven games, people would be like, "Wow, I did not see that coming." Right? Like if Dallas or Nashville win or whatever, I'd be like, "Wow, I didn't see that coming." LA, it's like yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're they're a good team. Like if if they're outplaying
1: Edmonton at five on five, I'm not gonna be shocked, which is pathetic for Edmonton, but it's actually not that unreasonable to imagine.
0: Yeah, and they match up interestingly, too, because, like, obviously, Edmonton's super top-heavy with their, you know, two big guys, like, McDavid and Dreisaitl. And, like, LA's motto always for, you know, especially with those cup teams were always, like, just defensive responsibility, right? And they still have, like, Kopitar who had a really good year again this year. Um, so, I'm going to be interested to see if, like, Kopitar can shut down a McDavid line or a like, pick your poison there, right? Whichever. And yep. what that would lead to, basically, like, is Dreisaitl or McDavid, whoever gets left open, can they just overwhelm whoever's playing second line on L.A. and, you know, take advantage of them?
1: Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see it. It's got to be – you've got to hope to contain at least some of that Edmonton offense and then just let uh, the depth destroy what's left on the uh, on the Oilers. Which, yeah,
0: but the, the other thing – the first part's hard. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, too, like, I say, I forgot, I, I knew there was a, b- a bigger point to that because it might not even be Kopitar shutting down the first one. They have Philip know as well. Yeah. And we literally just saw a Philip Deneau-led line shut down a very, 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 very good line in Matthews and Meyer last season. And I don't think Deneau was, like, a god or anything like that. Like, but he's a very solid player. And, you know, funny enough, this year his uh, offense was his calling card, or driving offense anyways, and not as much defense. But, you know, like, I think if you're L.A., you basically have to hope that Deneau and Kopitar can take on, just contain McDavid and and uh, dryside right? And then hope that, like, Kaliev, Byfield, Leas Anderson, Brendan Lemieux, maybe Gabe Velarde if you slide him down there. Uh, those guys, Andreas, not to see you, those guys can overwhelm Edmonton's depth.
1: Yeah, which is, like I said, that's, that's the easy part. <laughs> that still sucks. Uh, what's the name? We've got a ton of credit for the coaching change, but, like, you can't take blood from a stone. Their numbers without McDavid and Drysidle on the ice are still bad.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, exactly. And, like, I'm assuming Woodcroft will probably play McDavid and Drysidle like, 85% of the time. Like, I bet you they'll both be up over 25 minutes a night. Yep. So, yeah,
1: you know, oh, so they're know, gonna
0: drive the around as they should. Yes, absolutely. So, um, it, losing Doughty is a massive loss for this LA team.
1: Um, yep, especially when you have to shut down the best player in the world.
0: Yeah, and like Doughty was actually having a, a good season this year. It wasn't like peak Doughty or anything like that. But um, you know, he's been like actively horrible for a couple of years. He was good this year. Yeah. So. That's a that's a pretty tough loss. Um, on the other side, you know the defense for Edmonton's nothing to write home about either. Like Darnell Nurse is fine. Duncan Keith sucks. Tyson Barry can't play on his own end. Cody CC is, I think he's had fine results, but he does the classic thing where he throws a grenade up the middle of the ice every once in a while. So he's just he's still so, Cody CC. Yeah, exactly. He is just classic Cody CC. The X factor on the blue line might be a guy like Evan Bouchard yeah. on, on either blue line, really, because LA's got nothing going for them. Like LA's just got to play a team defense, really. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, there's <laughs> no doubt he hurts them so bad. They have when I look at their defense, I, it just screams they have like five number four or fives on their team to me. Yep. And then I don't. I don't really. Yeah, I no. haven't watched. Yeah. And then I haven't watched them enough to know how good like Tobias Bjorn, Floyd, Michael Anderson, or Sean Derzy have been. But like Edler, Mata, Matt Roy, and Troy Stancher are all fine. Matt Roy's pretty. Yep. Maybe Matt Roy's good. <laughs> maybe. But like they're all just so whatever, right? Like it's like, oh yeah, they're like your fifth defenseman, your Fine, but the fact that they are like two, three, four, five on this or or two, three, four on the the depth chart right now is like ooh, that's a little concerning.
1: Yeah, like on paper, I actually like Edmonton a lot more than what my final probabilities were, because like for whatever reason, this LA Kings team has been good in spite of that. But it does worry me to just look at their the roster.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Like I think this one's gonna have to be won if by LA. If LA is to win, it's going to be on the depth four. It's going to be like, sorry, if obviously you need to shut down McDavid or, dry, or at least contain them. You, you don't even have to just completely shut them down, but you have to contain them enough that your LA's depth can overwhelm Edmonton's depth and, and outscore them. Yeah, exactly. So um, I have Edmonton in seven. I, I think this will be a really close series. It could go either way, but i I, I got given the ed, edge to Edmonton. I think in the end, we usually see what is the talent wins out, I think Edmonton's got, obviously, clearly a more higher-end talent, especially with guys like Doughty out of the Series 2. Uh, I'll take that at 7.
1: I believe, let me pull up my bracket, that is exactly what I had. Oh, I had Edmonton at 6, apparently.
0: Okay, right, fair enough. And, like, the other thing, too, that I'm going to be curious to watch is the goaltending, because when you get to Round 2, like, if it's Mike Smith versus Jacob Markstrom, again, I'm taking Jacob Markstrom, but... Mike Smith and uh, Miko Koskinen versus Jonathan Quick and Cal Peterson. That's not quite the uh, difference that uh, other teams might have. No, exactly. It's not the edge it should be. No, like Quick and Johnson, like Quick's been fine, but John and uh, Peterson's been absolutely bad. But then, like Smith and Koskinen are so just volatile. It seems like they're so up and down. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's our playoff preview, I guess, then. Uh, let's go over and we had, I guess. Um, I had Florida in uh, five. Um, uh, yeah, let
1: me pull up the bracket
0: quick. I had
1: Florida in four. Yeah,
0: I had Toronto in seven. No, I had Tampa in seven, sorry.
1: Yeah, I had Toronto in seven.
0: Uh, I took Carolina in seven. I took Boston in seven. And then I got Pittsburgh in six. I got Pittsburgh in seven. All right. Colorado in four, Minnesota in Eight. five.
1: Yeah, me too for both those.
0: Um, Calgary in five, and Edmonton in seven. Yeah, I have Calgary in five, Edmonton in six. Interesting. So we differed on two of them, I guess, which, I don't know, to me that seems about right. Like.
1: Yeah, you could hot take I, it and like disagree on purpose more, but if you're being honest, <laughs> something like that makes yeah. sense.
0: Well, to be totally honest, in my actual bracket, I think I might have Toronto. I'm still putting in some thoughts. The biggest problem for me. Yeah. Hashtag the passion that unites us all. The biggest problem for me is, like, I always just feel, like, how many times does the best team actually win? So, it feels like, like, I saw someone someone who had Florida beating Colorado in the Stanley Cup finals. Like, I can almost guarantee you that's not going to be the outcome. Because the oh, one-two teams just don't make it that often, right? But I think <laughs> yeah,
1: I have Colorado over Florida. That's probably not going to be it, but
0: yeah, exactly, right? Like, but I think oh, I think I might have Colorado winning. I think I'm going to go Colorado over Carolina. Maybe the problem I honestly like it might have Boston in the finals too, but they might be out in round one as well. I really don't know. That'll be a good series
1: yeah, honestly, what i'm what I'm excited for, I know I have Colorado in the cup final. Given the way markets have treated Colorado relative to how mediocre their five on five numbers are compared to teams that are treated that well. if it gets to Colorado, Calgary, I'm betting the house on Calgary.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like that's because I work. think
1: they should be yeah, not because I think they should be favored, but I guarantee it'll be a value
0: yeah I, I definitely agree with that uh, it's it. i could see that obviously a long ways away but i could see that being yeah. like should be 50 50 or whatever and colorado would probably be like minus 150 minus 200
1: oh yeah that'll be it'll be really aggressive yeah
0: so that is yeah i i definitely agree there um yeah that's a playoff preview i hope everyone enjoyed uh you have to let us know what uh what do you guys think? And uh, you know, who who do you have in the finals? You can tweet at us at uh NHL Sends and stuff and CM Hockey sixty-six. Uh, you can find Chase's work at actionnetwork.com and me at lastwork Thank you everyone so much for the continuing support, we'll talk to you all next week.